Coming up on the Brave Sports Network, live from Birmingham, Alabama, the site of the 2023 SWAC Basketball Tournament, we have the Landon Bussy Program. As you can see, the Braves, by virtue of their win on Saturday over UAPB, back-to-back -back regular season champions. And now it's on to the third season, the postseason, the SWAC Basketball Tournament. And Coach Landon Bussy, as you can see on the right, I'm Charles Edmond. We'll take a quick 30-second break. We'll be right back with the start of the Landon Bussey program right here on the Braves Sports Network. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I could go back and change it all, I would. I, would. I think I'm going to miss you the most. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe it's just a little moment. I could go back. I could go back and change it all. If I could go back, I would. But I can't. Right, from Birmingham, Alabama, site of the 2023 SWAC Basketball Tournament. Glad you can join us for a special postseason edition of the Landon Bussey Show. Right here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. We'll be talking some Braves basketball. We'll preview Texas Southern, of course. We'll put the finishing touches on the regular season. Big wins over Mississippi Valley. Big win over UAPB, and by virtue of that, the Braves are SWAT champs. Grambling also with the championship as well, as Grambling won their game the other day. So Grambling on the hottest teams in the league, the Braves and Grambling. The Braves are the number one seed by virtue of the win over Grambling early in the year. You can talk some Braves basketball. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Glad you can join us here on the Braves Sports Network. Let's get right into it. Braves head basketball coach Landon Bussey. Coach, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Well, I'll tell you what, coach, have you come down off the high a little bit, you know, after the big win on Saturday, got on the bus, came back home, and you had yesterday on campus, and now you just arrived not too long ago here in Birmingham. Uh, have you come down off of it and it's just, just getting into that grind of the third season? Um, absolutely. Um, got a lot more business to take care of. Um, we got to do, a, you know, make sure we're focused. So definitely want to come off for that high and um, get back to business. How tough is that coach? How tough is that? You know, just coming down off that high because it is, you know, winning a championship is hard and you've talked about it, doing it twice in a row. You know, the high is even greater because you've done it two years in a row. What can you take of that in terms of getting these players off that cliff and saying, Hey, you're not done yet. Business is not complete. Um, it's, it's just going to take a level of focus. Um, guys got to understand what's at stake. Guys got to understand that this is a business trip. This isn't vacation. So um, we'll have to limit our distractions. We'll have to um, focus on Texas Southern. Um, that's our main focus, Texas Southern Wednesday. And we'll just go from there. 
I tell you what, you know, this has been some, some season, you know, to say the least. You're here a couple of days early, usually for a trip, a road trip. You usually get it the day before and just kind of get into your routine, practice the night before. So kind of a different routine. The SWAC obviously has their banquet coming up tomorrow night. So you want to get here, uh, obviously, early before that. So kind of a different routine. Normally, you're you're normally at the site a day before, but uh Kind of a different type type of deal, you know, just trying to get the focus in place at least a day early. Yeah, um, just wanted to come up here to get settled in to, you know, if it's, if it's the weather, if, if it's the just, you know, the room and situation, which want to make sure we don't have, limit our distractions. So wanted to come up here a day early to uh, make sure we're focused and our preparation is on point. How has the team throughout the course of the year handled all of that, you know, all the travel? coast-to-coast travel, Seattle, um, you know, Southern Illinois, Carbondale, just trying to limit the distractions as best as they can. I know you do everything you can, you and your staff. How's this team handled that disco round? Um, I think we've done a good job. Um, you know, I think that being that COVID settled down a little bit, um, you know, we haven't had any, you know, outbreaks and God forbid we keep it that way. Um, but it's it been good as far as just making sure that we're trying to stay healthy um, as far as not getting um, any type of virus or anything like that. So traveling good, just, you know, checking in from hotel to hotel, get opportunity for these young men to see different cultures and different cities and things like that. You know, I was on a podcast last night and we are just talking about how it takes time for coaches in new situations to kind of turn a program around. Obviously, the first year, your first year, was ravaged by COVID. You talked about that, how we lost a number of games in non-conference, a number of games in conference your first year. You know, you had you had really good team then, and just we just didn't have a lot of games under our belt. We qualified for the tournament, but not a lot of reps because the games were lost with, with COVID. Then year two, obviously, you won the regular season. Year three, here you are winning the regular season Again, and turning this program around, what would you say to people that would say, you know, it takes time, it takes four years, it takes a cycle, it takes a recruiting cycle. You basically did it in a year and change because the COVID year, you didn't play your full schedule. What, what was the key to turning this thing around so quickly? Um, just, just trying to steal in some um, championship, uh, championship pedigree as far as if it's players, coaches, it's the whole culture. Um, just wanted to make sure we bring in guys who understand what it takes to win and guys who wants to win. Um, and it's not all about their self. That's the biggest thing, being selfless, finding guys who, who want to win, who um, come from championship programs and had that pedigree as far as uh, winning in, the, in their blood. So that was the first thing, just trying to change these guys' mindset, change the recruiting style, um, just try to get some winners in the door. What what's the key to make, turning players from being selfish into selfless? That's not an easy thing to do, you know, because people are you know stuck in their ways. Even though they're young, you know, they have their ways of doing things. And as a coach, you had to try to turn that around. You know, what's what's the key from making youngsters today, especially with in your program, selfish to selfless? The bench. <laughs> putting them on the bench. Um, guys going to have to buy in and share the ball. Guys going to have to sacrifice. Um, but, you know, the bench is the most powerful, is the loudest voice in, in the gym. 
Um, so guys have to sacrifice and be selfless and, and know to understand that. You know, I tell these guys all the time, if, if, if you want to play individual sport, you can go play golf, you go play tennis, you go bowl. You know, so a lot of individual sports you go down there and be selfish with. But um, this is a team sport. Um, but the loudest gym and the loudest voice in the gym is always going to be the bench. <laughs> when you point towards the bench, you don't have to say anymore, do you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with the head coach Landon Bussey, the Landon Bussey program. You can participate. Send a text 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. We're coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, the site of the 2023 SWAC basketball tournament, about six or seven blocks from where we are right now. So the season coach started at Ole Miss and then ended obviously in Arkansas against UAPB. You you look at this season, some quality wins, and of course we'll get into conference, but you, you look at non-conference, got some signature wins, Wichita State, um, Stephen F. Austin. So, you know, so how would you talk about first the non-conference year and building that foundation from November through December as you got ready for the grind of conference? Um, well, you know, just going down to Ole Miss, um, and I think that was a game that um, we, you know, had our chances to um, win that game. I think we was tied up at halftime or something like that. Um, and I knew right there in that first half we had, you know, we, we was going to have a competitive team. Um, guys got out there and competed against an SEC school um, and didn't lay down. Um, and so, you know, once you travel in and you go beat Wichita and Stephen F. Austin and two well-known programs, um, in division one on, on the men's basketball side, um, you know, that you, you know, you, you have a chance to be successful. You could, you know, if the injuries, the, um, academics and attitudes, if everything, um, stay in place, you'll have a chance to be successful. Um, so, you know, once it, you know, we started conference of course, you know, we didn't, you know, start like how we wanted to start. Um, started off, you know, losing to Jackson State, uh, but then you know we, we kind of felt got a little groove. Um, was able to put six games in, to, in a row together, um, and then you know, fell it, fell it, fell to Southern. Um, and they put another six in a row, and then fell to Prairie View. So hope we can um, continue to maintain our uh, three-game winning streak, two-game winning streak, whatever it is, um, all the way through the conference and going into um, the NCAA tournament. The one thing that I learned about you this year is that how, as a coach, you, you look at yourself and make adjustments within yourself and your staff and just some of the way you, you, you handle your team and your business. As we got into conference play, you talked about the Jackson State game, you know, lost that with just a handful of seconds left. And you talked about how you had to look within yourself and within your staff and kind of make some adjustments. What, what were those adjustments that you made after game one against Jackson State that led to the streak that we had there towards the first part of the season and towards the middle? I think it was just our focus um, in late game situations. Um, um, I assigned um, each staff member to a specific task um, that will help us be more prepared for late game situation as far as if it's matchups, as far as if it's substitution, as far as identifying, um, you know, what this team is going to look to do late game situation, who they're going to look to get the ball to, um, those type of things. And also, you know, just doing more scenarios and practice as far as late game situation, 
um, plays that we can um, maybe execute that we have not ran all year. Um, and, you know, but we practice a lot in practice. So just, you know, different things that you want to try to um, incorporate um, that might help you be successful in late game situations. We got on a little run there. And then obviously the Southern game, you know, that was a tough one. We're down 18, cut it to three. And then from that point, coach, there's another little pump there. What did you learn and adjust from that point as we went on another run after that? Um, that, you know, that we will, we'll fight our way back in any game. Um, we were down Southern 18, ended up cutting it to three, probably about four minutes ago, something like that. Um, so I, I knew that we was going to fight to the last one. So I knew we was going, we, we, we was going to compete. I knew that, um, we were going to be one of the best teams in conference. Um, and then once we went down to Grambling, um, shorthanded and which really helped us win this uh, regular season championship and having the number one seed, um, you knew that you could do something special once you get guys back healthy, once you get guys um, back headed in the right direction, making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do off the court, um, that we was going to have a, a, a really good season. Then obviously with, with the Prairie View deal, and we had to we had to fight and scratch and claw the last few games, you know, obviously Valley and then Pine Bluff. So this, this team coach has been able to stick and stay. And, and you talked about the injuries and issues. One game, we're down three players. And then you talked about, you know, players not dressing out, just all the different things for this team to stick with it. I mean, just the hard coaching. And again, I was on a, a show last night just talking about you and how your demeanor right now, getting ready for the third season, trying to get through Texas Southern again, is the same demeanor, game one, Ole Miss, Wichita State, Stephen F. Austin, your same level of focus does not change. You're real, you're rock solid throughout. There's it no waiver. There's no let up. And I think that really, in my opinion, has helped this team navigate through some tough waters, winning some tough games. You know, McCorder's dunk with a second left and some of the other close games. There's no question that that tough coaching, that tough love has led to some tough wins that has propelled us to where we are right now, back-to-back championships. Um, yeah, that's how, you know, you try to make it. Um, you try to make your practices and your coaching tougher than anything that you're going to face um, in the game. Um, you know, tough, you know, tough, tough preseason. You have a tough summer, tough, you know, every practice, you know, you want to try to make it tough. Um, so, you know, hopefully that the games be, I mean, the practice be harder than the games and that can help you come up with tough plays in the game. So, um, just trying to, you know, instill in these guys mind, if you can make it in practice, if you can make it, um, you know, through our tough practices and our intense meetings and intense film sessions, you'll be able to make tough plays in the game. I have met, well, I already know. That the practices are tough, the shoot around is tough, but is the film rooms, is the film studies tough? <laughs> is the weight session tough? I mean, I, I mean, is it tough all the way around there, or is there a little bit of let up when you're when your team's watching film in the locker room? No, those probably the toughest ones because you know um, sometimes you have to let guys you know see their self on film and. Um, a lot of guys, um, you know, might not um, do a good job of holding their self accountable. So I have to do it for them and just, you know, it's just called coaching. 
of showing you what you're doing wrong and, and, and really getting on you and, and having a high expectation for you to get the job done. So, you know, sometimes, you know, it gets a little intense in the, in the film room. Guys get a little, you know, in their feelings, but um, it's a part of coaching. It's a part of what it takes to be successful, and it's a part of life. Speaking of holding players accountable, you do it, your staff does it, but do your players with the veteran leadership, do you see them holding each other accountable on the floor, off the floor, just doing all the little things that you see and don't see to put the put themselves in position to win at a high level? It's average. It could be a lot better. It's average. Um, you know, I tell, you know, I, I I'm not, I, 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 I hold these guys accountable enough to where it's though that, you know, I, I try to um, be on every move. Um, if it's academics, if it's in the hotels, if it's in practice film, um, if it's off the court in the dorms, um, just trying to make sure that we do our best job to uh, manage these guys to um, understand that um, you're representing the university, you're representing the athletic department, and you're representing your families. Um, so I try to do a best job of um, trying to manage it as best as possible. But as far as these upperclassmen um, hold each other accountable, it's, it's average. We're talking with Landon Bussey, as you can see, for those watching on Facebook Live here on the Brave Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. You can text a question, 601-301-2611, and you can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. So, all right, Coach, let's look at those last couple of regular season games. We'll put a capper on that, capper on the regular season. We talked about that, and then we'll do a deep dive into Texas Southern. Um, you were telling me after the game, it just seems like ever, since you've been here, we have to get through those Tigers um, in the SWAC tournament. We're looking at them again in this 1-8 matchup. So let's look at that that UAPB game, Coach, uh, with Dawson. Those guys were shooting lights out early, and you, you've been talking all year long about getting off to fast starts. You started Dominique Bruton um, the other day, and he had been coming off an injury. He wasn't starting, and then you started him trying to maybe jumpstart things. We did get off to a, a sluggish start. Um, just talk about that, Coach, a little bit. And Are you concerned about that going into the postseason, trying to get off to fast starts? Because it's something that we've been looking for, and we had a game or two here or there. But for the most part, would you say that the, the starts that we've had, just to talk about that and, and how you try to continue to tweak that? Um. We started off um, breaking up. All right, Coach. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I can hear you. Is my internet is my internet breaking up? Um, it, it, it's okay now. Did we lose you? Okay, uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back after this timeout. We'll be right back here on the Landon Bussey Show here on the Braves Sports Network. We'll be right back. America, land of the free. It's at the core of who we are. Freedom. The freedom to live without fear, to drive through all 50 states, to sleep safely in our own beds, the freedom to jog where we please, 
to watch birds in the park, to wear a hoodie, the freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because no matter your religion, gender, disability, age, race, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. All right, welcome back to the Land and Bussy program. I believe we have Coach Bussy back uh, obviously dealing with, and this is something when you're dealing with these uh, Zoom situations, sometimes internet, Wi-Fi, it's always a, it's always interesting. It's always hit or miss sometimes. And uh, we got Coach Bussy back up quickly. So, uh, so Coach, when you, when you talk about that Pine Bluff game, you talked about getting off to fast starts. You want to get off to fast starts every game. There have been some games this year in which we've done that. You started Dominique Bruton. Just talk about that. What's what's the key in your mind to starting fast with this basketball team? Um, the warm ups, the focus, the the attention to detail on the defensive end, the attention to detail on the scouting report, the understanding that um, if you, the team's not going to lay down to you, um, and you know that's why I had to um, sub five guys out. Um, but when you're deep like that, you can do that. Um, when you're back to healthy and you got, you know, full strength, you can do things like that. And you go sit, sit them guys on the bench if they're not ready to play. And, you know, them guys who came in, it was, you know, I think it was um, Keandre and um, Trevin Wade and um, Willie and um, Mike and um, Dontrell. Um, you know, you, you're deep like that and you can, you know, you can do things like that. So, um, but the biggest thing is, you know, just the focus, the attention to details, the understanding what's at stake has to be um, on point. The one thing that that you did last year a lot of, then you backed off of it, but then you brought up the point. I've noticed this the last few games. Normally, head coaches don't come out in the warmups in the warmup line twenty minutes before tip off. They're normally in the locker room, but the last several games you've been out there when the team warms up. So I guess to, to the point that you're making, you want to make sure that you get a good lather and a good warm up in. And I know that's something you probably don't want to do, but you just want to make sure that the focus is there coming out of the locker room. Yeah, and it's also so I can take mental notes and see who, you know, guys who are attacking the warm up so I can know that um, who I need to go with. Um, it's mental notes. Uh, if I see guys just, you know, going through the motions and just um, BS in a warm-up, I just take a mental note and, you know, give them guys opportunity. Um, but you're on a short leash. So um, we, we have to learn how, what it takes to be successful, um, what it takes to be dominant, and what it takes to um, win championships. Um, and it's just the focus and preparation. So just taking mental notes and um, – Seeing, you know, guys who are warming up hard, seeing who guys who's ready to play, seeing who guys just, you know, want, is in cruise control. Yeah. Have you had to change your lineup walking into the arena two and a half hours before tip-off? You have a certain lineup. You, there's a lineup you want to go, and then you come out in the warm-up line and you see guys. Have you had to make adjustments in some games and changing your starting lineup based on what you see or don't see in the, in the layup line? Absolutely. 
Um, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, you, you see a guy, um, you expect for them to um, be in the starting lineup, and that's what you prepare. But then once you see them in shoot around and once you see them in, in the warm-ups, um, you, they got their look in their eyes or their, their focus or their – their movement and their body la- body language isn't um, meet my expectations, and I have to do as best for this program to win. Not don't get caught up in how you feel or what you want and um, all the other stuff, and um, you know what this is, where where we're playing at, if we're in your hometown. My job is to try to win basketball games, and I got to do the best thing for this program. So, um, yes, it's, it's times to where though you. you you go you you go to bed at night thinking that you're gonna have this starting five and tip off. Guys not in the lineup. Interesting, interesting. So you got off to a slow start against UAPB, but then we kind of got on level. Um what was what was the key to you know getting the game settled down? You know, you yanked four of the five, not the starting five early in that game, and you got the game back on level, you're able to get back into it. What was the key there? to get back into that Pine Bluff game? Because they got off to a fast start, and, and I thought they helped us a lot with shooting a bunch of threes. I mean, they were they were like LeBron James and company from the three-point line. I mean, even they were up 8 9 nothing. they were still jacking up threes. Green was, and I'm saying, okay, if they're not I get the rebound and get back with it, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, um, we were down 9-0, and, you know, they took a lot of, um, to me, questionable shots. Uh, will help us get back in the game. Um, but the biggest thing was the intensity that that second group came in and played with. Um, they came in with a chip, and they came with a little spark. They were defending. They were flying around. Um, they were following the scout report, and they understand um, that that they had to um, give our um, team a spark. Uh, we was low, came out flat, and um, that group that came in um, saw that we were flat, and they came out um, – and got us back in the game. So talk about the guys coaching that game that kind of stepped up and, and really settled the game down and got us back on level. Um, I think it was, you know, Trevin Wade, um, he did a good job um, coming in with, you know, he was three for three from the field. I think Dontrell did a great job. Um, I think Keandre did an unbelievable job defending and rebounding. Uh, Willie Anderson came in the game and gave us a spark defensively. So um, then you know, once you put Byron back in the game, and uh, DK back in the game. Now them guys um, are feeding off the second unit. Well, speaking of Byron Joshua, when the game was tight in the second half, you talk about big shot Byron. Byron Joshua stepped up with a couple of big threes, one against the clock uh, to really you know, give us the leverage we needed. And our defense kind of shut the doors. We won 63 to 58. You have constantly bragged on Byron Joshua, how you think he's the best point guard in the conference. What what separates him in your mind from the other guards in the league that we're going to see? Obviously, PJ Henry. We're going to see him on Wednesday night. What separates Byron Joshua in your mind? His growth and development as a basketball player. Well, we we're going to find out Wednesday if he's the best point guard in the league again. If he give up forty one points, we're going to have to take that comment back and that statement back. <laughs> um, but um, it's his toughness. He's tough. One of the toughest kids I ever coached. Um, don't really don't sit out of practice, um, play through injuries, um, defend, um, could take tough coaching, um, could score at all three levels. Um, you know, 
got got a chip on his shoulder. Always been, you know, one of the smaller guys um, ever since he been playing basketball. Just that chippiness he got from just, you know, always being a small guy. I'm not going to back down from anybody. Uh, one of the, you know, great on-ball defender. But, um, you know, as far as him being the best point guard in the league, um, he's going to have to show that Wednesday. What about his growth and development in terms of when you first saw him, did, did you figure, you know what, this kid could be something special or as time went on and coaching him and coaching him up, you saw that, you know what, he's got the potential and now you're pulling it out of him. Well, you knew he had a chance because how well he defended. And if you get a guy who can defend um, and want to be coached, you, they, you, they have a chance. And um, he all, you know, in, in high school, he could score the ball at a very high level. But his, his first year here, um, he was a really good defender. Um, leading up into his second year. Um, now, uh, we typically don't put him on um, the best guard that they have just due to he always had the ball in his hand, being that, you know, Justin Thomas isn't here no more. Um, the ball's in Byron's hand. So the development of his offense and defense have just putting a lot more pressure on him, um, putting a lot more pressure on him to communicate more. Um, he has grown in that area. Um, now the next step is um, – to limit his turnovers. Um, but, you know, just the growth as putting the ball in his hands late, making the right play, getting getting get, getting guys the ball, um, knowing what's a good shot, what's a bad shot. I think that he has developed and grown in the, that area. Speaking of growth, you know, just, just to show you this team again, back to your hard coaching. I mean, it's not an easy task to win at the Clemens Arena. Um, it was senior day. It was their final game of the year they were eliminated you know from the tournament based on some other factors but though cookman had had won at, against florida a&m so before that game even tipped off pine bluff was eliminated from from the top eight they had a shot but a couple of things had to happen one didn't and they were they were out but you just couldn't tell it just you know doss you know just trying to get it going and i thought we did a good job coaching defending the the three-point line we're going to see a lot of that on wednesday with pj henry and company but the way we have defended shooters this season the three-point line you know how would you assess that you know henry had a big game against us but we 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 come up against shooters every game guys who can put the ball in the hole from from all over the court how would you assess your team's three-point defense your perimeter defense especially on saturday to close out the regular year we did a good job every game this year except for probably um i would say um southern um, Southern, um, we didn't do a good job of closing out to the three-point line. Um, but, you know, from, you know, just thinking about things, we did a solid job. Um, the biggest thing is just understanding the scout report, understanding who's a shooter, who's a driver. Um, and the guys who are strength is driving, you know, you'll live with giving up an open three. And if they make one here and there, that's fine. But uh, the biggest thing is just really identifying the guys who can shoot the ball at a very high level and making sure that you're closing out hard and running them off the line. You did a good job, Coach, from the free throw line, you know, to close out the game, Keontae Montgomery and others. We did a nice job from the free throw line down the stretch. Um, talk about your, your team's ability to get to the line, number one. And we've had games this year in which, for the most part, we've knocked down critical free throws in critical situations in second halves of games. You talk about Bethune Cookman. You talk about Florida A&M. You talk about UAPB. Really, all the close games, it comes down to a play made or free throws made. So, 
talk about the improvement of this team from the free throw line. Uh, I don't think we really shot the ball. I don't think we shot free throws well at Pine Bluff, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we just got to um, focus. You know, we got to focus. We got to step to that line and we got to focus. Uh, free throws and layups um, can win and lose you games. Uh, free throws and layups um, can win and lose you games. Um, and, you know, you know, I think that, you know, last time we played Texas Southern, um, that first half, we probably missed six free six six uh, layups and probably about four or five free throws. Um, and that's 15 points right there um, that you have to convert on if you plan on um, doing something special. So um, I think that right now we're doing a, a good job, but, you know, we could take this thing to a whole nother level. Obviously, it's work to do, and you've got Texas Southern coming up. So uh, after that game ended, Coach, and talk about your your response and reaction, just what were you going through? You know, we were talking in the pregame, and you were kind of subdued. I was asking you, do you get nervous? You say you really don't get nervous. You're more antsy and anxious more than anything. So when that game ended, all the anxiety, all the energy, the buildup of the long grind of the regular season, what, what, was, what was going through? goes going through your mind there like man we, we got there we made it we won the regular season title the bumps in the road the injuries uh all of that just what was your feeling at the end of the game at Palm Bluff I'm excited for the you know um the university um and athletic department and these student athletes who um deserve to have some reward behind all their hard work that they was able to um, put in um, throughout this last season. But in my focus is um, completely just dropped the Texas Southern. Um, completely just focus on Texas Southern. Um, you know, that's what you're anxious about. I mean, and I don't know when we played Pine Bluff. Um, what's today? Tuesday? Today, Monday? Uh, we played Pine Bluff Saturday. So, you know, I wish the game was today. Ain't ready to get out the way. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, ready really? to get this game out. Ready, yeah. ready, ready to get. Or just anxious, and you know, more, you know, just more sleepless nights, and you know, you just ready to get it out the way. How much? How much sleep have you been able to get since coming back from Pine Bluff? Were you able to sleep at all Saturday night, Sunday morning, yesterday? Mm, well, we had we had we had meetings yesterday. Um, you know, we had a staff meeting yesterday and, you know, some individual meetings in the, yesterday morning and things like that, uh, making sure guys understand that um, let's move on from the big regular season champions. I don't want no hangover. Um, let, let's, let's, let's focus. Um, you know, we, we were in this situation last year um, and the team that you're about to face um, had, had pretty much um, put me out the tournament, um, you know, put me out the tournament every year since I've been coaching at Alcorn. Um, so it's something I have to get past. Um, um, it's an Achilles heel for me. Um, but the time is now, it's no more waiting. There's no more next year. Um, you know, I, we want this right now. Um, it's, it's enough of the next year and, you know, well, great season y'all finished this. Um, you know, we've been here before. We already accomplished being a regular season championship. Now it's one more goal that we uh, must accomplish this year, um, and it's very simple. 
one of the things you, you did, and one of the things that people always talk about, your respect for the game, your respect for other teams. And on, on social media, you put out a tweet to uh, Grambling's coach, Dante Jackson, Cedric, we can pull that up. And you, said, you tweeted, I have a lot of respect for Coach P. Jack to run off nine straight games and to end conference play. You deserve it, my guy. Congrats. And then he responded, congrats to Coach Bussey and the all Corn State men's basketball team for being SWAT co-champs, incredible 15-3 and three conference record in a really, really, really tough league. Just, just talk about that, Coach. I mean, the respect that you have for other coaches and vice versa. I mean, we were tit for tat with Grambling. Um, I mean, obviously they had a tough grind, you know, having to grind one out against Southern and Salt Lake City. That wasn't easy in terms of logistics, and they were able to stay with it, coming from behind and beating Bama State, a team, as they make the turn, it's just a lot. Of, talk about that back and forth, that uh, that Twitter uh, back and forth between you and Coach Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a competitive game, but it's um, mutual respect on both ends. Um, you know, we talked on the phone. Um, I called him after the Pine Bluff game just to congratulate him on um, being regular season champions. And, um, of course, like I said, you know, they want us to lose. We want them to lose. I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to – we're trying to win. And we talked about that, like, you know, he told his team that, you know, Alcorn is not going to drop one. We got to take care of business. I told my team, don't expect Grambling to drop anything. But for them to just, you know, um, when you have 18 games in a regular season and you win the last half of that, you know, they haven't lost a game since us. Uh, when you win the last half of that, um, that's impressive. That's really impressive for your guys to respond, respond at the tough loss and, um, you know, just run through conference um, nine in a row um, against some really other good teams in Southern and Texas Southern and Prairie View and the Florida schools and the Alabama schools. Um, that's impressive. Um, and I take my hats off to um, Gramlin and um, Coach Jackson for being able to um, make that impressive run. Um, I didn't think that they were going to win nine games in a row. Um, I thought that, you know, last nine, they might go seven to two, eight and one. Uh, and I, you know, I thought that we'll be able to um, win the SWAC championship um, all right. But, um, you know, just uh, got a lot of respect for uh, Dante Jackson and that staff over there and them, you know, the athletes over there for um, doing something like that, which I know is hard to do. Um, people in this conference know what it takes and how hard it is um, because, you know, every game is, you know, is going to be a tough game. So um, just got a lot of respect for um, them. Yeah, you talk about that because this, this is a different swag than what we've been accustomed to where you play an 18-game schedule in the old days of the SWAC, up until a couple of years ago with Bethune and FAMU came in the league, you play everybody twice. But there's some teams like Grambling, like Southern, like Bama State, like AM, you're only seeing them once. And, you know, Alabama AM in, in the tournament, you know, probably a, a pleasant surprise that, that they are what they are. They've got a Southern team that they just beat the other night, and they're looking at them again in the tournament. But it, it's a different swag now because some teams are only playing once. We hadn't seen Bama State or AM since early in the year, and we might be looking at AM in that about four or five matchup if they beat Southern University. But it's a different swag because some teams you're only seeing once, you, you kind of lose contact with them. And so to, you know, talk about the grind of, of the conference now compared to three, four years ago when you're playing everybody twice. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes the every game um, big, um, especially the games your teams only play once. Fans are grambling. Uh, we only got a chance to play them once, and um, unfortunately, that game that we won really helped us because we have the one seed. Um, now, vice versa, we lost to Southern, who only played once. However, Southern, um, you know, let a few slip away late in, late in the in conference play, so the tiebreaker really didn't matter against them. Um, but that you know that one game really matters because you know um, you, you'll be coming up with a tiebreaker. Um, that head to head that we had the opportunity to go to Ruston and win that game, uh, you know, that was a championship game, and um, it really helped us to where to put us in a great situation now. So that's why you got to approach every game um, like it's your last. You got to approach every game with a level of focus and um, understanding that any drop, any any drop, any loss can really um, put you in a situation to where as though um, you might not be able to recover from. And as we look at the SWAC tournament, Coach, it just shows you how you can't take anything for granted and you don't know what teams are doing and where they are in certain situations. So they had lost five or six, and now they they come back, you know, even though they lost to A&M, won a couple. You talk about Grambling, Jackson State got off the mat. Um, A&M is in the tournament. But though Cookman's kind of got it going a little bit, so, I mean, in Texas Southern, you you kind of predicted they would be a top five team after they started 0-5. But they are in the tournament, obviously. They dropped to eight, and that's why we're playing them. But still a dangerous team. Every team that makes it, when you make it to the SWAC tournament, you're a dangerous team because what you did in the regular season doesn't mean a thing. you got to do it all over again, three out of four days, all four days, starting Wednesday for us. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a new season. Um the records are zero zero. It's no home court advantage. It's no advantage at all, um, especially you know day one. Um, you got to take care of business, you know Wednesday, and then you'll focus on the rest. Um, you don't look at anything else besides Wednesday and the team you got against next. Um, you start looking ahead. Start looking ahead. Um, you'll lose focus, and um, next thing you know, you won't be making it to the second day. So um, it's zero zero. Uh, we have no advantage over Southern. I mean, I'm sorry, over Texas Southern. We have, you know, there's no home court advantage. There's no, you know, time, um, rest, whatever the case may be. Um, you roll the balls out. And whoever's better Wednesday, that's who's going to win the game. When you look at your team, Coach, individually, players that were most improved to you going into this season, you talked about Byron Joshua. How, how special he has been. But talk about some of the other guys that maybe going into the season, you started against Ole Miss, you're like, okay, I'm wondering this or that. And they turned out to be a lot better and exceeded your expectations. Just just, just talk about that. You know, just, just some of the guys that have kind of grown up right there in front of you. Um, I just, you know, a guy like DK Thorne, who you see where he come from. Um, you see the work um, that he put in to get to where he is now. Um, you know, last year he wasn't playing at all. Now he's a guy that um, you don't want to take off the court. Um, you, you know, you don't want to take him and Byron off the court at all. You wish they could play all 40 minutes. And a guy like um, Jeremiah Kendall, um, who um, you was not expecting when you recruited him to be this dominant in conference, um, you feel like that you got to steal. Um, you look at a guy like that um, who has, to me, been the best – post player um in the league um 
in conference. Um, just his ability to score the ball, his ability to rebound the ball, his ability to close out games for us. Yeah, Jeremiah Kendall, to me, I mean, I've looked at all the bigs in this league, and I haven't seen a game yet in which Jeremiah Kendall doesn't get his and doesn't get to his spots. I mean, he, his his, lip, his length, his width, he can get around people, he can shoot he can shoot a little bit, you know, we see what he can do. I mean, it was kind of tough in the last game, and you talked about how UAPB did a good job on him, but just looking at all the bigs, man, Jeremiah Kendall just brings a, a different dynamic to the to the post game in a, in a conference in which we talk about this being a guard-oriented league. When you see a big man do some good things, that that's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing um, when you can get the ball in the post and then go just go get an easy basket. Uh, when you get a, you know, you don't have to settle for long jump shot. When you get the ball in that post and guy who can make free throws, guy who can make the right play, and you can get easy shot attempts to help you close out the game, it makes life it simple. Um, same thing with Darius Agnew last year. Um, able to get the ball to a guy right there in that paint and get a good shot attempt, and we'll live with the results. This is the Land of Bussy program. We're going to take a time out here. We got a text question that's come in, and we'll dive into Texas Southern University. We'll take a break right here, a 60-second timeout. Our producers, Jamario Brooks, Cedric Tillman, I'm Charles Edmond, head coach Landon Bussy. We are live here in Birmingham, Alabama, side of the 2023 SWAC basketball tournament at the Bartow Arena. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. COVID-19 has changed how we stomp the yard and feel the beat. How we stroll. How we step. How we show our pride. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Is it safe? Should I get it? Is it free? It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts about COVID-19 vaccines at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. All right, welcome back to the Landon Bussy program. You can text a question, 601-301-2611, or you can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. Charles Edmond, head coach Landon Bussy. All right, coach, let's kind of do a dive into Southern University. And we just saw this team, what, nine days ago, and uh, P.J. Henry and Jeremiah Kendall put on a show. And P.J. Henry with 41, Jeremiah Kendall with 33. As we won that game, another situation where we had come up with stops and locked it down a little bit down the stretch of getting the ball out of P.J. Henry's hand. So speaking of P.J. Henry, a, a text from Andre Young uh, about P.J. Henry, what is it going to take to – to slow him down or what do we do differently to slow him down? He's just one of those guys in which uh, you go get his and you got to just take him away and hope someone else that steps in. What's What about P.J. Henry's game that we got to do to, to slow things down a little bit for him and Tisha? Guy had more pride. Very simple. You got more pride. You have more pride on defensive end. You can't let the guy just whoop you like that. Um, you know, I, I, he won't have 41 points Wednesday. I'm not sure uh, what he'll have. 
Um, you know, he's a really good basketball player. Expect for him to have a good game, but I um, can't let him have 41 points. Um, and, I, and I don't expect Jeremiah to have 33 points. Um, that's not going to happen again. Um, you know, you got two coaches who want to make adjustments and make sure that um, somebody else beats you. Um, so I expect for um, them to um, send different bodies at Jeremiah. And we're going to do the same thing at PJ. We're going to send different bodies. We're going to be more physical. We're going to be more active. Uh, we're going to make it uh, a little tough on him. And we're going to crowd him a little, his space a little more. But um, um, I, I don't expect for him to have 41 points. You talked about Texas Southern being in your way, in our way, in the last three years. Uh, a thorn in our side, if you will. Johnny Jones, the head coach at Texas Southern, uh, was the head coach at LSU and was out at Weber State for a little bit and in the SWAC's done a really, really good job. What is it about a Johnny Jones coach team, Landon Bussey? What's the similar, when you look at Johnny Jones coach ball club, especially Texas Southern, what is it about this, this, this ball club that stands out, the consistency in terms of the way they play, the way they do things? Um, I think it's just his demeanor. Um, they're always poised. Um, they don't get rattled. They could be up 20 or down 20. Um, you wouldn't know. So that, that's that's an advantage that they have is they're always poised um, just due to how poised Coach Jones is. And, um, and they're, not, they're never out of a game um, just due to um, they have guys who um, been in that program um, are champions, guys who have been in that program and understand what it takes to win um in the tournament understand the focus they understand the um, preparation they understand the um, plays you have to make and how you have to keep a level head so um just the championship pedigree the poise um and and the willingness to to win games um in the tournament um is what you you know could be concerned about you were not surprised that texas southern would figure it out after they started out 0-5. We played them in the first go-round. They were 0-4 for the first time in 60 years. They were 0-5, obviously. Then they go to Alabama. But you said, don't worry about it. Texas Southern will figure it out. They're in the tournament. They obviously stumbled down the stretch there, uh, lost to Jackson State, lost to us, and obviously lost to uh, Preview in the regular season. But you, you figured that this Texas Southern team would put something together where they would climb into the top eight what 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 made you feel that way in terms of the slow start that they had and you because i personally just when you start out on five and it took eight wins again to make the top eight like it did last year eight ten got you in the top eight depending on the tiebreakers what 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 made you think that texas southern despite over five would, would find a way to climb back into the top eight um just a championship pedigree um you know a lot of them guys, you know, everybody knows that Texas Southern started off on five because they weren't healthy. Um, they had two of their PJ Henry and um, Carl Nichols, two of their best players, um, was out. And once you know them guys got back healthy, you know them guys was going to push. Um, this is their senior year; they were going to push to make a run to get in the tournament. And um, you know they feel as though um, they have the advantage uh, once again the swag tournament because um, they have won the swag tournament the last two years. So they feel as though they have the advantage. They feel as though they just need to get in the SWAC tournament and they'll take care of business once they get in the tournament. So when, when you look at the two games, probably two of the better games of the year, we talked about that second meeting 
But that first meeting, 79 to 74, we're down seven. Dominic Gruden hit a three at the buzzer, and we won that game in overtime. And, and you talked about uh, P.J. Henry not playing in the first game, and he didn't. I was just looking at some numbers, Coach. We did a good job in the two meetings in protecting the basketball. I think in the, in the two games, we've averaged seven turnovers a game and for those two games, 14 turnovers total for the two games against Texas Southern. How important will ball security be playing these guys? Um, it's, it's very big. Um, you want to limit your turnovers. You want to um, um, get more shot attempts up than the other team. So we have to limit our turnovers. We have to take care of the ball. Um, and, but you want to try to force them into turnovers, of course, as you know, and try to limit their um, shot attempts. Um, so, you know, whoever could win that turnover battle, um, that's a plus for them. Um, so our focus is, you know, trying to make the right play. Um, let's, let's not get too fancy. Let's not get too careless. Let's um, just make the, you know, the right play and a simple play. And um, we'll just go from there. We talked about the backcourt with Byron Joshua and P.J. Henry. But then in, in the middle, you got John Walker the third, and you got Jeremiah Kendall. That's going to be an interesting battle inside. So let's talk about John Walker the third. Um, we held him in check in that first meeting. He was scoreless in that first meeting. He got some in that second meeting. Talk about the battle of the bigs, Kendall versus John Walker the third. Um, it's two good basketball players. Um two different types of players. Um, John Walker is um, probably about 6'9", um, not really a back-to-the-basket guy. Normally, you know, a 15-foot guy will turn the face um, with a high arc and release shot. Um, love to get to the basket going right and, and athletic and able to finish through contact and finish over top of guys. Um, where Jeremiah is probably about 6'6", six, six, strong, physical, back-to-the-basket guy, um, can finish through contact as well. But um, all his points is going to come in the paint. Um, and he, he's not going to be really finished over it, guys. He's going to finish through, guys. You always talk about, you know, defending and closing out with uh, hot hands. You have a drill in which you 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 have guys close out hot hands. And against Pine Bluff a couple of times, they got threes off in which we didn't have hot hands. How important will that be in closing out on some of these shooters like Barnes and Henry? and just the shooters that, that they have on that roster that could knock down some perimeter shots? It's huge. Um, it's huge because, um, you know, activity with your hands can um, can slow down um, a lot of different things for the offensive um, team um, as far as contesting passes, as far as closing out with high hands, or just as far as um, just distracting them. So, you know, we try to use our hands, use our length to try to uh, – create havoc and disrupt things on, on, on the defensive end. So, um, you know, we teach high hands all the time. Um, and when we close out with high hands, we chopping our feet. And also, you're able to contest the shot without fouling. Um, we got to do a better job of, you know, closing out better without fouling guys and send them to the free throw line for three shots. So if you use your hands and, you, you know, you do it the, the way that you practice every day, you'll be in good shape. But um, – you know, having high active hands is, 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 is crucial. I remember talking with you at the beginning of the season, and I asked you about the Texas Southern game last year in the championship game. The most points we gave up all conference was in that championship game. 
And I, I, I assume that that game was in your rearview mirror and you were thinking about Texas A&M, that last game. But you said that Texas Southern game stuck in your gut for a good part of the offseason, probably into early this season, didn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's time for us to um, put this um, Achilles heel in the side of Thorn. Time for us to put it to bed. Um, it's a team that, you know, you have to go through if you plan on making Tennessee double-A tournament, um, especially for us. Um, you know, we've been in this situation before, number one seed, um, wasn't able to cl- close the door. Um, now um, they came in the back door and they was able to walk out the front with a championship. Um, and we're right back in the same situation, but this time um, it's, it's in the in, in the first round. So... Um, it's something that has to be done. Um, let's not wait till the championship game. Let's take off the gloves. Let's get it done Wednesday. We have the late game Wednesday at 8.30. And obviously in the 4-5 bracket, we'll either be playing Southern or Alabama A&M. So, Coach, the last 48 hours, you talked about getting home, and you just made it here within the last couple of hours. So what's the schedule like here the rest of this evening? Tomorrow night is the banquet. Um, you have a quick shoot around you're going to do a shoot around well not a shoot around but each team at the Bartow arena gets the time maybe 30 minutes 45 minutes i don't know what it is just to practice there or shoot around there uh, what's the schedule like tomorrow with the banquet then the Bartow arena deal are you going to get another practice in at another facility tomorrow um absolutely um you get about 30 minutes just to shoot the ball um, um at the Bartow arena um and then we'll head to a local high school to practice for probably about 45 minutes to an hour, just, you know, reviewing, going over the scouting report and um, trying to get prepared for Texas Southern. And then uh, Wednesday, you'll have shoot around film. And then you'll rest, get off your feet. And then at 8 p.m., 8.30 or 8 p.m., whatever time the game is, you tip off. I would imagine, um, just like against Pine Bluffs, you won't be nervous. You'll be. Are you anxious right now? Like you said, you, you wish we could play the game right now. Uh, is, is the anxiety pretty, pretty high right now for you? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, you just really just ready to get it over with, ready to get to the game, um, ready, ready, ready for your guys to get out there and compete. Uh, you know, I think we're ready. Um, you know, guys know what's at stake. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of these guys been with me since I got the job here. Um, Byron Joshua, Otis Walker, DK Thorne. Um, those three guys have been battling the same thing I've been battling with. Um, and that's Texas Southern. And so. you talked about Thorne. Thorne is, Thorne is a walk-on. A lot of people don't know. There are a couple of walk-ons on this team. That have made big impacts, and Thorne is one of them. Yeah, well, I put him on scholarship um, last year. Um, well, the beginning of this year, just due to his work ethic, um, how well he carry himself. Um, he's he's a great representation of Alcorn um, as far as the university and athletic department. So I think that he, you know, he earned that. But um, yeah, um, you know, Byron Joshua was a walk on at one point. Um, so. You know, these guys work. These guys was here with me since um, I got the job here. Um, these guys have been put out by Texas Southern um, for the last two years. Um, 
But every streak must come to an end. Um, and, and, and the time is now. It's no next year. It's no, well, y'all did good and great season. Um, we've been here before. The time is now. Go final question. What's the one big key that we must do to win at, on Wednesday night at 830? Um, it starts today. Focus. Got to focus. Um, limit your distractions. Limit the uh, social media. Limit the distraction of winning regular season championship. Limit the, you know, all the off-the-court activities and focus on one game. The third season starts Wednesday at 8.30. Alcorn in Texas Southern, another go-round with the Tigers. Coach, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you. That's the Land and Bussy program right here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org on Facebook Live. Glad you can join us. All Corn Braves basketball, Wednesday at 8.30. It's the scheduled tip-off time. You can watch it online on ESPN3. And I'll have the pregame show at around 8.15 on Wednesday. The Braves win that game. Then they'll take on the winner of Southern and Alabama A&M. That's an early game on Friday at 2 o'clock. They'll take on the winner of Southern and Alabama A&M. Those two teams just met on Saturday, and they're meeting again. So we'll see how that turns out. Hope you join us for Braves basketball Wednesday night. For our producers, Jamario Brooks and Cedric Tillman, I'm Charles Edmond with head coach Landon Bussey. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night. So long. 